Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Play Tessie. This is the official podcast of Hall of Famers. That is because it is episode 29, which if you didn't know... Future Hall of Famers at the time, John Smoltz and Adrian Beltre wore number 29 for the Red Sox. So, nope. I could have been. It could have been because Joe Castiglione's going into the Hall of Fame soon. Could have been because the Hall of Fame announcement's coming up. Nope. It's because we've got two Red Sox legends, John Smoltz and Adrian Beltre, wearing number 29. I'm here with Sammy. I'm here with Pat. We just got finished up with an awesome time at Red Sox Winter Weekend. Very eventful weekend. We had some radio debuts out there and we're going to get into that later in the show but how you guys doing it's been uh about 24 hours since i've seen you guys so how's yep. your last 24 hours been good man good i uh i just relaxed all day today played some dnd nerded out with my friends and uh yeah i'm good yeah laid pretty low today had a uh, a bunch of work to do uh instead i took a two-hour nap and i do it after this so yeah, Pat, I, I'm with you there, man. I, I got back last night and I was, I mean, I'm usually this night, I'm a night owl and I never, ever go to sleep before midnight, but I was definitely asleep by midnight last night and I slept, I'm usually like a solid like seven hours a night. I was about nine and a half. And like, for those of you who haven't been to winter weekend, it's not like it lasts the whole weekend. Like you get in on Friday night and like you're out by sundown on Saturday. Like we stayed a little after sundown. Day, yeah. Yeah, but like yeah. it's exhausting. It, it is. So I, I normally do. I usually get like six, seven hours of sleep. I, I'm just not a good sleeper. I think I got 11 yesterday. I just yeah. really needed it. I This was the most, oh my God, I'm getting old moment that I've had in a while. My arm is sore from doing the radar gun right now. <laughs> I had, I didn't even drink very much and I was still hungover. And yeah, I'm just getting old. I can't hang anymore. I'm, I'm. I'm not cool. Yeah, I was going yeah. through it yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, big yeah. Order. I got a little Friday, nervous right right before the radio debut. I was like, I do not feel very good right now. I can't. I my body can't handle this. But thank you to that soft pretzel vendor who gave me a pretzel, made me feel a lot better. Yeah, and uh, we we do have our radio debuts. Oh, I. We have the radio segment uploaded to our feed. It should be the up the episode underneath this one if you want to give that a listen at any point. But we'll start it. We'll start a little bit earlier. We'll we'll start at the beginning. We'll get right into it. Uh, this it's kind of like it was it was kind of a deja vu moment because we get to the arena. We're basically sitting in the same spot we were in last year, and I remember last year when we sat down. Pat like taps my shoulder and he points. He goes, "Is that?" Or like it points across the way, sort of like behind the curtains. He goes, "Is is that John Henry?" And I looked and I and I said, "I, I think it is. I think that's John Henry because we didn't know he was going to be there." So like the festivities start before the show even starts, and it was the same thing this year. Like we're we're rolling in, we're seeing all of our friends that we that we haven't seen a lot of them in a year, but we pull up Twitter because uh, John or sorry Tom Werner. And Sam Kennedy are doing a little press conference with the media beforehand, and they dropped 
uh, a couple of nuggets. We'll go we'll go one at a time here. I think the most the biggest one was Sam Kennedy saying that payroll in 2024 is likely going to be lower than in 2023. And he dropped that. We see that on Twitter and you know, you're you're trying to have a good time and like obviously we are having a good time, but that is that is the wet blanket of all wet blankets when you read it. Yeah, man. See, this is interesting because Gordo, you I would say are the most measure headed level headed. What was I trying to say? You're the most <laughs> level headed guy on the podcast. Hmm. And you're getting pissed. And I love it. You're you're yeah, he's a little feisty. I know, I love it. I, on Twitter, uh in talking over text, I'm like, go off, Gordo. And then me, I feel like I'm kind of insane. I, it didn't really do much for me. I kind of figured the way things have been going that not much else is going to happen. And this is pretty much the team that they're going to go into the season with, barring like, you know, small changes maybe. I hope I'm wrong, but when I saw that quote, I was kind of like, eh, not surprised. I'm already resigned to the fact that they're not going for it this year. So, yeah, they didn't do much for me. That being said, I can totally see why people are pissed. You are totally justified if you're pissed. I don't think anyone is debating that. Uh, I think Red Sox Nation, we're all on the same page in a big way right now. So, uh, yeah, I under, there's an array of feelings that you have. I don't think there's any incorrect way to feel. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you, I am a little bit fired up. And the reason for that is the one report that came out this offseason that like kind of set me over the edge and like made me tweet some shit that I don't regret. I don't regret tweeting it, but it's like I, I try to stay. I try to understand where people are coming from when they make decisions. Like when Haim stays put at the deadline, I think what what had to have happened to lead into this. But the issue here is when, like a month ago, you get that Cotillo drop that they had an $8 million under the luxury tax budget last year. And then it later comes out, I want to say through Cotillo again, that they re-emphasized that budget during the season. So it's not like it was like to add during the season. No, no, no. There was like an actual ceiling. And that that pissed me off because I've always been under the impression that like, yes, the luxury tax is there and there are penalties when you go over it beyond finances. Like you you lose draft picks. You lose draft picks. You lose pick spots. Like when, when Xander and Nate left because they were over the tax, they got fourth round picks instead of supplemental first round picks. Like there's reasons, there's baseball reasons why you don't want to go over the luxury tax when you're not competing. So I always understand like if you're not in a go for it year and you want to spend up to the tax, but you're not necessarily ready to go over it. That makes sense to me. But when they're 8 million under and there's a firm line there and you're not willing to go up to the tax, that's what irks me. And and to see them saying that payroll is going to go down from that really irks me because that that is where those reports of, oh, they're shopping Kenley before they can make a real offer to Teoscar Hernandez at the time. And now we'll see. But like, that's where those reports come from. And like there are, I understand like Breslow says these things about not wanting to sacrifice future wins for wins in the present when they're not necessarily in a position to go for it. And like you can take that to mean like Blake Snell, if they wanted to sign him, they'd have to give a draft pick. I also take it to mean that if they paid like Jordan Montgomery a five-year deal and they project that he's only going to be worth that money for two years, that you're sacrificing wins on the back three years because that's money you can't spend elsewhere. I'm willing to listen to that. That's fine. That's like, that's, I understand where you're coming from if you have that opinion. But there is no excuse 
to not be in the market for these starting pitchers that are definitely more certain and and likely better than what you have and and guys that can be gettable on one and two year deals like you can get James Paxton back here one year deal I would assume two years tops like there's no excuse in my eyes to not be going after that that's why that payroll declining report that's why that pisses me off so much because that's that's a guy every five days that you could have on the mound and have some certainty out there and now instead we're, we're going to have competitions it could also mean that the plan is to trade for a guy who's still on like a rookie deal and that's the most optimistic way you can look at it i don't think that's what it means i think it's what you said uh, but there's plausible deniability there so you know if you want to be hopeful maybe you're who edward cabrera your boy gordo could be that so Different ways to look at it. But I, yeah, I get it, man. The, the anger is totally warranted. Yeah. And the other thing too, from that perspective is I think we can all agree on even let's say they went out. I mean, ignoring Yamamoto and Shohei, obviously, if they went out and they signed Paxton and let's say Solaire, that puts them probably just at or a little bit under the luxury tax. And we can all admit they are not by any means World Series contenders with those two moves. Agreed. That being said, why is that not a plausible thing? Because if you get those two, and then next year, you're still under the luxury tax, you you reap the benefits of being under this year, whatever. Why Next year, you're in the spot to go sign your ace, and you have those pieces in place for next year. Because ne- a year from now, we're in the same exact spot, because Giolito is likely gone. Yep. Tyler O'Neill gone. Like all of these, they have, I think and Martin. the number, yeah, I think the number is <laughs> 60, yeah, but I think the numbers they have in player contracts, I think they have 60 million coming off the books next year. Jeez. And that's where I don't understand. Like you have so much money coming off. It is so easy to get just under that luxury tax while fielding a very competitive team. Oh. And having the pieces in place. So next year, you are that one piece away, two pieces away. Right yeah. now, we're in the same spot as next year. I just don't get it. And Pat, and, and I think you nailed it there. And we've talked about this a few times. The frustrating part for a lot of us is that it feels so simple. It feels like the fix is so simple. And you said it there. We're not expecting a World Series team. For me, same thing I said last year and the year before. I want a team that's playing meaningful baseball in September. I want a team that's looking to maybe add a little bit at the deadline. Competitive team. That doesn't mean be the Dodgers, spend a billion dollars. That's that's a lot to ask. I just want I want a full rotation. I'd like a number three hitter that we're still missing. Although Trevor Story did look yoked at winter weekend, so maybe he is the guy. Yeah. And yeah, so point is, I really don't think at this point in the offseason, us four on the show and Red Sox fans in general. I don't think we're asking that much and it seems like it's very fixable. So I'm just hanging on to that last shred of hope that maybe something changes, but let me tell you, yeah, that, that, uh, that comment didn't help much. Yeah. And, and Sammy, to your point before about there possibly being a trade, like potential trades they could make and they do have surpluses. Like they are in a position to make moves without necessarily sacrificing future wins. Like if you trade a guy who's blocked, and we talk about Nick York all the time. And Nick York, I, I went back and watched the uh, Prospect show where the prospects went on stage for about an hour. Like, we were hanging by the EEI booth, so we missed that. I went back and watched it and, like, all well-spoken guys. But I thought Nick York was was the most impressive up there uh, just from a speaking perspective. But, like, we all know 
that he is probably blocked. Like there's ways that you can make trades and get controllable starting pitching that has a high ceiling without necessarily sacrificing one of those top three guys. So like that's, yes, we talked about that on the radio. That's where my focus is going to be. That's the easiest path to A, improving the team and B, making it something interesting. Because like last year, I don't know about you guys, like the one, maybe two, there might've been two days a week where games were like, okay, here we go. And it was the Bayo starts. And it was like for a little while, the sale starts. But like, if you get like, and I'll, I just, Edward Cabrera, man, if you get Edward, like that's a must watch start. There's other it's guys fun. you can get. He has a 90, yeah, 90s changeup. That's fun to watch. He's crazy. He's got, he's, sometimes he has a man bun, which looks weird when you're pitching, but I like it. So just get some, inject some fun into this team. Give us something to be excited about. Now, and, and that's not to say there's Casas excited to watch him hit. Giolito, I want to see if he can bounce back. Full year of healthy story. There's some things to be excited about, but Gordo, like, a small ad could go a long way with the state of the fan base right now. And I hate to say that because I feel like every day we lower the bar more and more and more. But Edward, you can get Edward for not that much for redundant pieces, just like you said. So why yep. is it not happening? And by the way, Nick York, I, I put him in these trades that I do a lot. So people think I don't like him. I put him in these trades because he's good. You can get something for him. And he's extra redundant now with Vaughn Grissom. Is that not the exact same profile? A good hitting middle infielder whose defense is questionable, but he's fairly athletic, so you think he can improve. That's Nick York. Now you got two of them, and one is further yeah. than the other, and that's Vaughn Grissom. So why not move a guy like York? You could listen on Sidon Rafaela. You have 400 outfielders on the roster right now. Will you Abreu? We love Thick Willie, but that's a good trade piece. He was hot when he came up to the majors. So there's so many different ways they can go about it. I still believe there's a move to come, but like I said, I don't think it's going to be a big, impactful move. I think someone like Edward Cabrera, who I feel like we keep mentioning on this show, it's great. I know. I like he might as well be on the team already. Really like, yeah. <laughs> what jersey number is Edward Cabrera going to wear in Boston? That should be our he's, next. Uh, he seems like he's in the 50s to me. I don't know about, like, I feel like. He screams like 44 to me. Mm, maybe like 55, 44. Like, he's not, he's not going to get, like, a number in the teens. I like how Barry Zito wore like 75 because I feel like 70 is neglected in the the world of baseball. Give Edward 75. Like he's a wild man. Look at his wild number. Is Hauk in the 70s? What's Hauk? 89. 89. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. He's got to get change to 85 or something. 89 is gross. Yeah. That's a a (laughs) sorry, Tanner. (laughs) I hate that. But good segue here because if you make a move like that to get an Edward Cabrera or any of these other guys who could make this team not just perform better, but be like just a little bit more entertaining. Like we talk about Jorge Soler all the time and now, and I know all of us don't expect that one to happen now, but like if you get a guy who can make this team just a little bit more entertaining, if not better, just give me entertaining. It would make it so that you don't, that when you sell tickets, you're selling a little bit more than the Fenway experience, which if you missed it, is what Tom Werner in the pregame press conference said that the Red Sox would be selling this year. He said the record is probably the most important thing, but we're also selling the Fenway experience. And I don't know about you guys, but I that hate, pissed me off. I hate that shit, man. Yeah, I my hate response it. Uh, to that is fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I mean there really isn't like 
it's pretty it's pretty self-explanatory and that that quote stinks and like like i get it like if you're trying to like if you're like in their position you're trying to spend as little money as possible it's like how can we get people to buy it oh we're selling the family experience but as a fan no that sucks it's like a red herring that's a red herring to me look over here look over here fenway's really fun don't pay attention to the team look at fenway don't think about the team think about the ballpark the history the experience shut up that's so like that's almost disrespectful that pissed me off more than the friggin uh payroll comment that's just such an f you we're selling the fenway experience yeah you're selling the most expensive tickets 14 dollar bud lights don't even try to buy the food. It's a million dollars and it's not even good. I, oh, God. See, that one got me. That one was yeah. my equivalent to yours, Gordo. The Fenway experience shit pissed me off. Yeah. But it's just so, like, the most important thing is, like, the lack of self-awareness. Because that the way that sounded was, oh, like, we're selling, like, the Fenway experience to people who don't get to see it. What about the people who go to several games a year and have been to Fenway a hundred times? You're like mm-hmm. spitting in their face, being like, Us. oh, we're paying for Fenway. I-, I used to piss in the trough in the bathroom. Like, I remember that. I've been there a hundred times. I know what it looks like. I know my way around. I don't care about the Fenway experience. I want a good baseball team. Yeah, and, and yeah. we spoke about this at Winter Weekend with our good friend, Ed Hand. Ed is, he he's a very smart baseball mind, but he looks at the game a lot differently, I'll speak for myself, than I do. He likes going to the ballpark, taking it all in, and that is perfectly fine. But for me, when I go to Fenway and it's seven to two and everyone's singing Sweet Caroline, I want to bash my head against the wall. I can't stand it. I'm pissed. I just spent so much money. The team that friggin' <laughs> dictates my mental health, <laughs> they're getting shit pumped. And everyone's like, yay, we're having a good time. Like, I'm so sick. It's been like that for the last two years. Sammy, question ah. for you. And quite this is this is, this will be for both of you. Give me your predictions, your date predictions, as to when we have our first discussion about when is it appropriate to play Sweet Caroline. Like when are they going to play their first Sweet Caroline when the Sox blow a six to one lead and this in the seventh inning and it's now nine to six and they're playing Sweet Caroline and we talk about it. What what is the date that that happens? The date? Oh man! So you're basically asking like when are they going to be like cooked? Kind of when are they? Well, you know, no, not necessarily because like they could be they could be 12 and 7 and blow a game and I'm going to be pissed off just the same as I am if they stink it up and are 8 and 15. I guess like I have a longer leash with that cuz I, I I think like that stuff, you know, people will travel from far away to see the uh, you know, Sweet Carolina and all that. So I would say like july maybe i'll i'll lose it this. but but dude i have i have my my theory and i'll re-explain it really quick i say no um no sweet caroline unless the red Sox are either winning tied or within three runs so it feels like a ball game like you can rally if yeah. they're getting crushed nine to two i don't want to hear it we're not singing we're not happy the team is getting destroyed we don't like that. So that's But what about what about what I just gave? You're up six one and now you're down nine six. You're within three. Yeah, God, that's ugly. Mm. Oh, God. See, that's the tough see, that's why I like what the Cubs do with their go Cubs go. You yes. gotta earn earn the song. You gotta earn that. But we got that with dirty water, I guess. So it's kind of an outlier. So this is actually the perfect segue asking about Sweet Caroline. Because my least favorite Fenway experience, personally was um, I went to a game. 
Uh, Sid, well, this part was a great experience. Sydney Sweeney threw out the first pitch. Oh, God. You were at that game? Oh, so you know where this is going. Oh, yeah. Um, the Red yeah. Sox lost 28 to 5, and they played Sweet Caroline. And I was about to jump off the center field wall. That's I wanted to die. But so that's good. Get that's... the fuck out of here with the Fenway experience. That's funny as hell, though. That's almost that's almost so bad that you kind of got to laugh. Like you're, lo- what was the score in the eighth? Was it twenty to five in the eighth? Dude, it was like nineteen three. <laughs> it was something didn't you, crazy. Didn't you drive to Cooperstown like the next? Because that I remember my thing yes. with that game was I didn't go because I was like, oh, I'm going to drive to Cooperstown the next day. So you went to that game and then made the, the next day left for Cooperstown. For, for Ortiz's induction. Okay, I looked it up. I have it up. When Sweet Caroline played, it was uh, 27 to 5. Oh, my God. Oh. Okay, so Pat, you basically did the Tom Werner Red Sox experience. And let me explain. Let's go Red Sox. Oh, God. So you let's, went to Fenway. Let's you went go. To Fenway, you Red took Sox. in the experience. The team got absolutely destroyed. You sang Sweet Caroline, and then the next day, all you did was think about the good old days at Cooperstown. That's what Tom Warner wants. Awful. Dude, I looked, I feel bad. So, like, we we're at the game. I believe it was oh, I forget it was I it was I think I finished a semester of grad school or I finished a clinical something. And my girlfriend bought tickets for that game as like a like a gift, like, oh, like you, you finished up. It was like the seventh inning and I looked over and I was like, can we please fucking leave? And she was like, <laughs> do you really want to? I was like, no, we can stick it out. Hey. And then, dude, gouging my eyes out. I got it another metaphor. Stopped. Pat, I got another metaphor for you. That is kind of like getting you prepared for life after school. So you finish school. You're like, I've done it. Got my diploma. Everything is great but you've only felt the tip of life's dick. And then you get walloped 28 to five. And you're like, oh my God, this is awful. So, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. That's a, it's a great, that was a good experience. That's a good gift. That's a smart gift. That's going to prepare you for life. So yeah, good, goodbye. Pat, Pat, I, so I don't remember who started for the Red Sox that day. I have uh, the box score up. Okay. Okay. So you've already seen. If you haven't seen, do you remember who started for the Blue Jays that day? If you don't, if you do, okay. Sammy, do you remember? Does, do you guys remember who started for Toronto that day? I think so. Was it? Think it was? I think it was, was it Robbie Ray? It was not. This is the year after Robbie. Okay. So was yeah. it Gosman? It was, yes. Yeah. It was Kevin Gosman. My, th- my story here was that day I was going to lunch sort of like – I would say kind of near sort of near the Prudential Center, I guess. And I run into Kevin Gosman walking the street and I know he's pitching that day. So I go up to him and I said, hey, you're pitching today, right? He goes, yeah. And at the time, like the Red Sox were still like kind of in the race. And like we definitely like we're coming out of the all-star break and we really needed to see the Red Sox like win a couple of games against the Jays. I was like, I was like, guy, we need these. We need like this series like. Just do me a favor, like please, just like don't give it your all tonight. And he just laughed at me, and then that happened. Should have ankle picked. Ankle pick. I have such a great nugget. Do you oh. want to hear the pitchers who pitched in that game for the Red Sox? Oh, please. list them off. Can you I'll give us their runs? Give us how many runs each one. Gave I was up. going to. You ready? <laughs> oh God, this is gonna Nate be... Eovaldi, two and two thirds, nine earned. Oh, it was Nate. Oh, dude, just wait. 
Austin Davis, one and a third, five earned. Best big, walk-in song ever. Big fudge. Caleb Ort, two okay. thirds of an inning, eight earned runs. It's a good game for him, actually. Darwinson Hernandez. Oh one yeah. And a third, four earned. Ugh. Diekman and Sawamura each went one scoreless inning each. Oh, there you go. <laughs> a pizit. I'll give you each one guess. A position player closed this game out. It was a bench player. He pitched one inning. If one of you can guess this right, I will give you $20 right now. You each get one guess. Okay, 2022? Yes, bench player. Oh, I do. The issue is I just so remember this. 2022, who was our backup catcher to start the year? It was, we had Christian Vasquez still. It was a Kevin Ploiecki. It was not Plowecki. Sammy. That was my guess. My guess was Plowecki. Was it? G- g- give me a position. Infield. Uh, Christian Arroyo. Yolmer Sanchez. Yeah. <laughs> oh! The Yolminator. Old Glover. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Wow. Oh, my yeah. God. I remember what when they game. picked him up, I was like, all right, so season's over. I'm picking up. Yeah, it's like, it's like, all right. <laughs> or when he they gave brought me him a ball. Yeah. He gave me a ball when he was with the White Sox. That was cool. That was nice of him. Big Yol. Big Yolmer. Yeah. yeah, no, that uh what a fun season 2022 was. And if you like 2022 and 2023, get ready for 2024. More of Yeah. Well, well, we'll we'll move to the uh to the show itself, the Cinco Ocho show, which as we're speaking right now, we don't know. Like we're we're recording this. It's about six forty-five on Sunday night, so they're airing whatever the hell they were able to air from the Cinco Ocho show. That airs in fifteen minutes from when we're recording this right now. So we have no idea if you guys are if you guys have seen that by now. We have no idea what you saw. I I have a hard time believing. Like I don't know how they're filling an hour with with. I mean, they did two hours of filming, and there's no way that half of that was usable. No. I, I was thinking no. that the whole time. So like as a sports PR guy, I'm thinking, what from this can they possibly air? Like it's gonna be it's gonna be a three minute long show. It's gonna be like the introduction and then it's just immediately gonna cut to Charlie Moore outdoors. <laughs> yeah. It's like, eh, sorry, we did we did our best. And they did their best because you know what? I appreciate it because there's no chance that anyone with Nesson or the Red Sox or anything thought that they were gonna get enough material to Anything post a full episode but they but they gave us something because like they needed people to be entertained a little bit and the fact of the matter is like if kennedy and werner were going to go out or werner didn't go out there but if kennedy and breslow as undeserving as it is for breslow at this point but we can talk about that forever if kennedy was going to go out there in front of people he was going to get booed and people were going to get mad so how do you get people in a good mood have jonathan papelbon talk about anal like five times yeah, he a lot of lot of like butthole talk, uh, a lot of innuendos. A lot of, yeah, a lot of he moves like a velociraptor on the stage. He really like, does. Crouched down, he was like kind of peacocking a little. He kept putting yeah. his leg up on the couch and stuff. He was, uh, I would say, not hundred percent sober. I mean, he actually what he was. Oh come on, Sam about it. Yeah, Dude, I, I was trying he, to be like they were talking about. Crown. Yeah, he talked about drinking crown. Yeah, like I'm thinking seven like, times. All right. I don't want to throw Papelbon under the bus. He threw himself under the bus like 40. Yeah, he was proud of it. I mean, Go to be it. fair, that was fun, man. I thought it was really boring last year, aside from the booing. Like it was just kind of like filler for a while. But Papelbon, when he brought up Big Poppy and was like, 
roasting Big Poppy and yep. Pedro. That was fun. I had a good time watching that. He gave he gave a shout out to his Jewish American friend Yuke in Breslow. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. Back it up, Sammy. He said my fellow Jew, Craig Breslow. Pap- oh yeah, Papa Bond's Jewish now. Congrats. Papa Bond's Jewish now. All right. We, oh man, imagine Nessun airs Papel Bond's bar mitzvah. <laughs> oh, must see TV. Papel posted a picture of his bar mitzvah at some point, and I was like, "Oh, that's 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 cool." Imagine Pap's bar mitzvah. Yeah, and I like how he kept he would uh, yell at the guests if they spoke for too long. He's like, "This is my show. It's the Cinco Ocho show." <laughs> he yelled that at the fans. The fans started booing Kennedy. He goes, he goes like, "Shut up! Shut up! This is my damn show." No, not he was not having it with the booze, but people people wanted to do it anyway, and I respect it because it's your right. And that one fan, that one fan who said to Breslow, "You're Heim Bloom 2.0." Shut up, dude. You're a loser. Don't say that. Very, very audibly, and it's yeah. not fair. Well, honestly, maybe maybe he is because neither of them is doing anything like that's their fault. It's all like I think everyone gets it now. Give him a yeah. shot. Give the guy a shot. Let's let's let things play out. I it, it was said in a derogatory way. Is my problem right? With it. He's saying like you don't yep. do anything. It's like bro. Like, I know Brezel hasn't done a lot, but he's made a few trades, and I think we're thrilled with all of them. I mean, 35-year-old Chris Sale on an expiring deal plus cash for six years of Von Grissom win. Hell yeah. The Isaiah Campbell trade, a guy you were going to DFA, Luis Urias for Campbell win. Tyler O'Neill for two guys who will likely never play Major League Baseball win. Am I forgetting any? Verdugo. Oh, Verdugo. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah. Ballsy. Yeah, Verdugo well, get uncomfortable. Yeah, that was ballsy. Um, Richard Fitz looks like a starting pitching prospect. It's unique. <laughs> Plus two he more does look like that. So, yeah, give give Breslow a break. And I talked about this on Twitter. There was a lot of booing when he was on stage. I do not think any of that was for him. It was for Sam Kennedy. Yep, yeah. and it, and it kind of stinks because like in the end, like there was there was some discourse uh, about. Like, is Sam Kennedy even deserving? Because, like, it's not like he's making these decisions. But the fact of the matter is, the way I see it, if ownership is going to send Sam Kennedy out there and not appear themselves, he's there to talk on ownership's behalf, which, unfortunately for him, means that the fans are going to speak to him like he's ownership, like he's the one making those decisions. So he's going to get booed. It's, by the way, that just comes with the territory. I don't know if I told you guys this. So, some background on winter weekend. Uh, My friend who I was with, uh, Will, he's a season ticket holder. So um, there's this shuttle bus that takes the season ticket holders to the Basketball Hall of Fame. And they have like open bar, free food. It's really great. A good good money saver for me. And so we went there uh, to have dinner. And the food was awesome. We had a good time. And then Sam Kennedy walks in. And he's, you know, yucking it up with the fans, chatting. And there was one kid who went up to him. And it looked like he was, got, like, it, it looked like he was, reprimanding sam kennedy like he was talking with his hands like i couldn't hear what they were saying but it looked like the kid was like ripping him and sam kennedy was like like explaining to him so i don't know who that kid was but i shouldn't say kid he looked like he was in his like 20s but uh good for him man (laughs) he was like what the hell man because he's a season ticket holder those are the people who pay the big bucks they have the biggest complaints so i like that whoever you are good job if that's what you were doing yeah, and uh, one other thing on the show, Coop, are you here? We we got to wing Coop in here for this because Coop was good. Yeah, what's up, Coop? What's good. up, Coop? Coop had a had a media pass, and they he had to go in a different way, and so they directed him to sit in another spot. And I'll I'll let you tell the story, Coop, 
Yeah, so I um I had the opportunity to go to the the media scrum beforehand. I showed up a little bit late because I was we were wandering the uh the streets of Springfield trying to get our vouchers tickets. We weren't really sure how to get in at first. Um uh, so I was a little bit delayed and I just decided I was like, hey, I'll go sit down. I'll like just take notes on everything that's going on like right away since I know it's gonna take some time if I were to be in the media scrum. Also, it's awkward if you walk in in the middle of all of that, especially with the comments that we saw coming out. Uh, so I walk around the corner and I just like ask one of the Red Sox PR folks. I was like, hey, uh, where does media sit? Are we going up top again? And she just goes, follow me. And she like she comes in and there's so it's at Mass Mutual Center is also a hockey arena. Um, and the stage is set up like in between the, the two uh, benches and or like along where the benches are and she was like just sit here on the bench and i was like okay and so i'm sitting there on the bench by myself papabon's getting everything going and um when the show actually kicks off uh i actually i might have it in my notes i don't want to pull it i don't need to pull it up but when the show kicks off that's right about when the media scrum ended and tom werner <laughs> And a few other uh, assistants, brass, other people in the front office walk by and they sit in like folded chairs right along the boards. So right in front of me and I, no other media member like comes over, but also no one ever tells me to leave. So for most of the time, like I'm just I'm the only one sitting right behind Werner and his crew. And I'm just taking note of like I'm watching him the entire time seeing how he grimaces at different things that Papelbon says or like having a smirk when Papelbon starts like talking up the fact that he's going to shush people because they want to get the answers like Tom Tom Werner works and has made his bones in the entertainment business he's not Vince McMahon where he's going to be directly involved in whatnot but he understands what draws attention and what gets eyes on what you do um so when he pops in or when things started popping off with Sam Kennedy and Craig Breslow, uh, one of the assistants next to him, I don't know who it was. I'm not going to name names. Uh, he starts getting really animated. He starts leaning in his seat. He's got his, his hand or his head in his hands. Um, and like, I, I, I don't blame him. You're getting like you're basically being told you're not worth the millions, hundreds of millions of dollars that they spend, which is like that's exactly what people are saying. They're like, if you're hurling insults that are saying this team is not worth anything, that's saying to ownership, you're spending two hundred and fifty million dollars this season and it's not worth dirt. And that's what makes you become physically ill the way that guy was. And eventually it's about halfway through, I would say Tom Werner looks down at some of the Red Sox security and like the president, he just kind of like flicks his finger towards the the exit and all the other uh, assistants and executives uh, with FSG, they all look around at each other and like also doing the signal thing and they all stand up in one and they all file out uh, halfway through like the public execution of Sam Kennedy round two. Um, the thing that bothered me the most about all of that is the fact that Tim Wakefield's tribute mm -hmm. came right after all of this. I'm not saying that was done on purpose, but 
a lot of thought goes into the planning and structuring of a show's layout. And Tom Werner has to know that's coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the thing that really bothers me is that he couldn't take any more of the insults. He couldn't take any more of, we, like we've all said now, very deserved criticism from his fan base. All while knowing that there's a tribute about to come up about a guy that players are about to call the heart and the embodiment of what it means to be a Red Sox. That's what bothers me. That's the part that shows true apathy with ownership and what's going on right now. Yes, they are planning for the future. I believe that. And what they're doing is the smartest thing if you want championships in the future. But they've also been doing this for a few years now. And they just now got to the point where they're admitting that, hey, like we aren't spending to the amount that we know we can spend. And that's when you start to tell the fan base that is very loyal to you uh, that they don't care. And there's one thing where it's business. And then there's the other thing where it's kind of like the art and what people are paying for is in really just an art form where it's an escape for them or it, it evokes some type of emotion for them. Um, that's awesome. You can make money off that. But FSG deals in the business side of that. And if you continually prove to people that this art that you're producing isn't to the degree of what it is and what they're seeking, it's a simple supply and demand, and they're eventually going to shoot themselves in the foot. And all these little things that they do, whether it's for business or whether, like I said, Tom Werner knowing entertainment business, it's the little things that are starting to show the cracks in FSG. And that worries me because I, I, I would love to believe in Fenway Sports Group and John Henry. Who, who else could bring four World Series to the city of Boston? But what these back-to-back winter weekends have now shown is that fans aren't really caring as much. You have the season ticket holders that are going to that first night with the town hall because, A, they are diehard fans, but, B, they might be wanting to voice some of their opinions like we heard. And then you have the people that show up to the Fan Fest the next day. And I had said I there were probably 15% less people there that day. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to translate to the people that are casually buying tickets throughout the season. Like not the season ticket holders, but maybe the people that are buying five tickets a game. If they're 15% less, just imagine what Fenway Park is going to be looking like in July and August. And uh, that's the part that sucked for me. Because I said it to a guy we were talking to in conver- like just in passing, where you want to be able to root for something and you want to be showing up for something. And that's why a lot of those people go to that Saturday fan fest is because it's like, Hey, this team makes me feel something. This team like brings me a bit of joy and I have very positive memories with it. And that's why I go to these things. And the fact that people don't even want to spend that time, like fans like that to show up now. And when you are there, you're getting the reminders from ownership that, Hey, the product's not going to be that great anymore. It takes away from that art form that I mentioned before. And that's where that whole business and the art form are now depreciating. And I mean, I, I only took microeconomics, so uh, don't call me uh, any genius on this, but that doesn't feel like great business. Uh, so yeah, that was long winded uh, approach to my thoughts on winter weekend. Well said. Um, I, I know that Tom Werner walked out 
and left his little snail trail before the whole uh, Cinco Ocho show ended. But uh, I kind of didn't think about the Wakefield combination. My thoughts on that, everyone was saying, like, why would you put it after Sam Kennedy? There's really no good time to, like, have something sad like that. But for Werner to walk out, and we've had this theme recurring, it feels just like he doesn't care about anyone but himself. And I'm just talking about Werner in this case. I'm not talking about uh, the rest of ownership, although I could probably say the exact same thing. Like, you can't even stick around for a guy who gave 20 plus years of service to you because he also worked for Nesson. It's not just being a player that he, uh, that he did here. So yeah, closer to 30, if you count the Nesson. Yeah, man, it's just kind of, it's, that's gross. That just rubs me the wrong way. It's not even about baseball at that point. Just have a friggin' spine, man. Just yeah. yeah. Gross. I forget what it, it was like. It was, he, he walks out during some sort of, uh, some, response by Kennedy or something like and I get it if that frustrates you but Coop you make a really good point there it's like he definitely because you can't say he didn't know about the Wakefield thing coming because we all knew the Wakefield thing was coming that day like they announced it like that was that was coming and he knew it and he he walked out I don't know I like it's it, it like you said Coop it's a little thing but it just it, it, it's just one more little brush in the overall picture that this ownership group has painted over the last like five or so years I think I think Tom Warner might be my least favorite. The three. Yeah, I appreciate that he spoke though. I that 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 should that should be noted here when we're talking about this. Is he he spoke to the media beforehand and and they were honest about it, even yeah. though it, it exposed their lies earlier in the offseason. But if from this day forward they're honest, like God, even if it sucks, I suppose that's all we can ask for. As so, as I believe media it people. was after. Sorry to cut in, but I believe it was after Sam Kennedy addressed the re. It was because I like put this in notes, rebuild or reload, which sounds like something you hear on first like take. Like it's the exact mm-hmm. same wording. Like reload, rebuild. What like what is that jargon? Yeah, that's sports talk BS because it's two things you can't define and they just create two definitions for it and they argue over nothing. So yeah, that's a that's a good call out, Coop. I agree. Yeah. Well, speaking of reloading, we uh after the after the uh, after the Cinco Ocho show and everything, everyone let out. We uh, we went back to the hotel for for a little bit. Uh, also, shout out to the I want to say Holiday Inn. Was it the Holiday yeah. Inn? Holiday Inn. Yeah, shout out, Holiday Inn. Shout out to the Holiday Inn staff. Hotel, motel, Holiday Inn. <laughs> say we own the free zone. Plus two, we but, uh, got sorry, go ahead. You win, then we got four. Sorry, no, we just lost. What was that? Was that Pat? <laughs> I was just what was that Pat? I just think oh, say, say, let's say, say it again. Hotel, motel, holiday. <laughs> holiday. Freak stuff. Yeah, but shout out, shout out to that Holiday Inn staff because uh, we're only supposed to have one car there. We brought four. Whoops. They let us They let us park all four instead of. Oh, they know. knew Play Tessie was rolling. Yeah, they, yeah, they knew. They knew. Yeah, they knew the car. That's some VIP action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sponsor us. Presented by. Holiday Inn Express. Yeah, no, 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 we, no, no, no. Don't say, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. We, no free ad. No, yeah, just sponsor us. Yeah, shout out them, but sponsor. Yeah, us. Shout, shout you guys out, and uh, we'll talk some business later. Uh, but we we uh, we go to the tap, which is a little sports bar in uh, in the casino. Chris Murphy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we go to the tap, and. You know, this this is this is my favorite moment of every winter weekend because like 
like everyone fil- files in at different times for like the welcome event or whatever. And this is where like you know people are going to be like we always I don't know, we just kind of end up there and we always end up in the same spot. Yep. And we're we're hanging out with like guys that you've probably seen online like Jake Iggy's with us, Chris Henrique, Andrew Parker, Jamie Gatlin, Ed Hand and his wife were there. This is actually my first time meeting Ed in person. So uh, shout out Ed, really nice guy. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, Bradford was there with us. Ian Brown was there. Cotillo was there. And we're, we're all just hanging out, having a good time. Uh, Celtics game's on. They finally lost at home. That stunk, but it's okay when you, when the uh, Zach Kelly shows up and you know he's hanging out and he's super, super cool. And some texts were sent out and a, a very special guest came to join us. Who, who, who was that again? Hell yeah, he did. Uh, Chris Murphy pulled up. He sure courtesy did. Of, uh, courtesy of uh, Rob. Chris Murphy showed up. It was a lovely surprise. Uh, my knees buckled. I felt queasy. Um, I imagine that is what like me, seeing a president is like. <laughs> I turn around and I see Chris Murphy in a thrifted uh, Coca-Cola shirt. And he goes, what's up, man? And I just go, oh, my God. <laughs> and I, I think I hugged him. I think I hugged him. I thought I missed that. I, I showed up like 10 minutes after that. I was at the yeah. place. Uh, yeah, Chris Murphy and Zach Kelly, for that matter. Just genuinely nice guys. Like, they're just the dudes. They just love hanging out. Yeah, I, I asked. Uh, you mentioned that Coca-Cola sweatshirt thing he was wearing. And I was, like, fully expecting there to be some, like, story behind it. And I asked him, like, so explain the Coca-Cola thing. He goes, no, oh, no, it was 20 bucks. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Drifted, it I, was like you're, I was like, you're one of us. This is good. But cool. yeah, they they hung out. We we all hung out and drank together and stuff for what? Over an hour. Like great guys. Like we'll, we'll be rooting for him this year. Hopefully Zach Kelly's an alum, but we'll 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 get Chris Murphy on the show. Oh, at we some got point Chris soon. Murphy. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, we've we've got that coming at some point soon. So. Good hair too. He had a good. Uh, I like the uh, kind of like pulled back, not too long, but yeah. yeah I kind of, yeah. I kind of wish head of lettuce. Yeah, I don't think I don't think my hair could do that. But if I if it could, I would do the Chris Murphy hairdo. But yeah, man, yep. super nice guy. I love the Coca Cola. Was it crew neck kind of thing? It was like a. It had a collar. Like on a it. loose, yeah. a loose. It was very like a loose kind of sweatshirt thing. I don't know. Pat Pat posted a picture on uh on Twitter. Yeah, uh, check that out. Follow Pat and check that out. Boys, yeah. yeah. No, that was a good time, man. That is one of the best parts of winter weekend. After the the town hall slash Cinco Ocho show, everyone's kind of mingling. People are walking in and out too. Like we saw Casas come in and leave. We saw Jemiah Webster, who we'll have on the show eventually. A lot of people, it, good good people watching as well. You're like, I've seen that guy somewhere. So yeah, yeah, had a good time. I was chatting with Zach Kelly a lot. I told him my uh, weird story about how I watched a game that. 2018 World Series in the nude in my apartment. Won't tell that on the show, but Zach Kelly knows about it now. Feel bad for having to tell him that. But yeah, man, it's a good time. And uh, yeah, probably the most underrated part of winter weekend. Don't ask me about the story. I see your face, Court. I'm not going to tell <laughs> I was like, come, no, no, yeah. It's no, 18, no. 18, 18, 18 <laughs> games, dude. You got to do your superstition stuff to get the team to win. And it didn't work. So I'm not doing it again. All right. So happened. Now I when uh when Mitch Moreland no oh no no it was when 
So we were down 4 nothing that game. Mitch Moreland hits the three-run homer. It was Steve Pierce hits the next homer to tie it. I like yeah. took my shirt off and belly slid across the floor. It hurt. See, but it so it's not just it. me taking clothes off when the Sox are in the World Series doing shit. But by the no, way, no, that no. Mitch Moreland home run, that was a bomb. That Absolute a- bomb. No, the other one, though, uh, and Sammy, this is before you showed up. Pat, you'll remember this. It was we walked in, and like right when we get into the casino, first guy we see is Vaughn Grissom. And we're like, oh, like, what's up, Vaughn? Yes. Like, give him, we like give him fist bumps, and it's like, okay, we keep going on our way. And we get to the tap. Like, he was walking the opposite direction. We get to the tap, and who's walking in at the same time as us? It's, it's Vaughn Grissom. It's like, how the hell did that happen? Teleported. Like, hey, I don't know. He literally was walking. The, I don't know. It's just an interesting tidbit. Like, yeah. Also, yeah. Sorry, worth noting, Vaughn Grissom, giant human being. Yeah, he is huge. Yeah. He's very tall. You know who else is very tall? Marcelo. Marcelo yeah, Meyer good. walked in with Nick York, and Nick York kind of like looked like just like a guy. And Marcelo Meyer, like, you could just, oh god. Like, yeah, he's listed as six two, but I think he looks bigger. Like six, Marcelo two. or Vaughn? Marcelo. Dude, Vaughn, they're both big though. Vaughn is has a good three to two to three inches on me. He's like six three, six four at least. He's huge. Are you six? Are you six feet? I am six one. Oh, he's six one. He's six one in tons of biggest, money. Uh, one takeaway I have is that like these guys are bigger in person than you. Like Zach Kelly's a big dude. Yeah, he's Zach's a big, big guy. guy. And like I said earlier, Trevor Story, much bigger. Like Whitlock. not wise. Like what about yeah? What about what about Whitlock? Whitlock was the talk of the town. That dude got big. You see how much he weighs now? No. What is what does he, what does he weigh now? Two two two. What is he? What was he before? Also, he loves the twos. That is definitely not true. Like he's de- he's he's rolling out the twos. He's probably like two thirty. He was big. You see that video of him with the uh, with the kid? Yeah. Who hands oh him yeah, that was good. Oh man, so wholesome. But yeah, man, they're all big guys. I, I agree with Vaughn. I remember Vaughn with some walked in with a security guard, and I was like, I feel like he'd be less noticed if he didn't bring the security guard. So now everyone's looking at him. But yeah. <laughs> Did you guys see that weird thing Vaughn Grissom put on Instagram? He had like some conspiracy theory about eating insect meat. It oh, was really weird. Can you can you elaborate? I don't know. I, I I didn't really. Wait, is this like eat like you'll eat the bugs and you'll like it? I don't know. I just saw he posted something about like there's insect meat inside of. I don't know, but I was I, I didn't really look at this. That's like a massive like right wing thing where they they think corporations want us to start eating. Uh, like cricket protein is really what it is. What's wrong? Don't with they cricket? serve crickets in Seattle, Sammy. You know this. Yeah. Have you had? Have, that, yeah. have you had that yet? Sammy? Yeah, it's where the lives are. No, I ate a scorpion one time. It was dead. Oh, that's pretty bad. That is badass. It's kind of like people eating. eat live ones. It's crazy people. Maybe. Maybe. I want to pick Von Grissom's brain now on like conspiracies. What if we brought him a big bowl of like seasoned insects and we're like, what do you think? What do you think of these? Would you eat these, Vaughn? Or we should make him like a protein shake and then just be like, what do you think of that shake, uh, Vaughn? And he goes, oh, this is pretty good. I'm feeling really great after the gym now. We're like, there is, I don't know, cricket protein powder in that. Mealworm. Mealworm. Is that that what people typically use? Yeah. I mean, not well, I used to have a, a, you know what a bearded dragon is? Yeah, used to have one of those when I was younger, and you we'd feed it mealworms and crickets. So. I just think of um, Blade Runner twenty twenty four, Pat, where mm-hmm. they uh, 
Bautista's like a bug farmer. Oh, whenever yeah, I hear yeah, people talk about things. like that type of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we could just like, if someone out there wants to do this, Von Grissom from that opening scene just like splices face in there, that'd be sick. Uh, and with that, I'll yield my time. Can you imagine how difficult it would be to find a date if you were a bug farmer? <laughs> oh, what do you do for work? I'm a bug farmer. Oh, I, I, you find a snake girl. Yeah, there's there's some people who gotta be into. There's reptile girls yeah. out there. Th- they they'd go wild for a good uh, bug farmer, fish guy or insect guy. Your pick. But yeah, no, I um, I thought that post was weird. I have no opinion on it. I just thought it was funny. But uh, yeah, Von Grissom, big. We got a bulky, athletic middle infield this year. So hopefully, uh, hopefully Trevor just hits a bunch of tanks, shuts everyone up. But he looked good, man. Last year, I remember. Yeah. Last year he. The vibe around him, he had the, the thing on his elbow, of course. He just didn't he didn't look like he wanted to be there. This year he looked like confident and happy. So uh yeah, I, I'm really I'm so excited for Trevor Story this year. That's like my guy that I'm most excited to watch. Cause yep. we, I feel like we finally get to see his true form with a full spring training, no weird injuries, no uh he he had to leave uh because he had a kid the first year, so his spring training was like divided up. So regular spring training like- good. Let's see it. Yeah. I mean, seeing those guys and just like you see like they bring out Trevor Story and Tristan Casas with Alex Cora during the Cinco Ocho show, basically saying like these are the leaders of the team. And then hours later, like you're just walking around the casino and Tristan Casas is walking around in a varsity jacket for the second year in a row. Like you see like you're just like at the bar and like look over and there's Rob Ref Snyder like and Pat. Pat, Pat, you talked to Ref. You talked to Ref, right? I did. Yeah, I sat at the bar. Uh, I walked up. Uh, had a lot of liquid courage in me. Uh, just walked up, talked to him real quick, and uh, yeah, I think he's coming on at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 love uh, we love some Ref Snyder, who's uh yeah. top yeah. tops of the leagues in uh he was he was hitting for a, a while. Say it again. Last year he was hitting for a while. He was like I forget what yeah. the stat was. He, like against left hand, it might have just been OPS against left handed pitching, or maybe it was on base percentage against left handed pitching. But like rush his lefties, yeah. just mad. He's like your your classic like platoon guy come off the bench. You just see P- Steve Pierce, but another yeah. guy who I saw and I was like, man, he's much bigger than I thought. Why? What are my expectations? I think all these guys are like Pedroia, but yeah, ref pretty yoked. He was having a good time. Definitely want to ref Jack. Good he's job, Jack. Pat. Good uh, good networking. We're building here. Yeah. Yep. And uh, another another great great part of this event is the next day. Uh, there's lots of events going on in like the uh, little arena room where the uh, where the Cinco Ocho show was. But we're uh, we're hanging out at the WEI booth. There's lots of interviews going around, like people going up to the Nesson booth, people going to the WEI booth, like tons of players. Like there's there's batting cages, uh, the velocity machine whatever like you you get to throw a pitch and it'll tell you how fast you're throwing it uh we had what like a photo photo op at the dugout we posted it posted our our new play testy album cover so lots lots of good stuff there and and it's really cool seeing uh seeing the guys come up and do interviews with the ei booth like we get to hang out uh right next to it and behind it so we can hear everything that's said and that's all really cool and we we got to we got to go on the radio ourselves but the the funny part of that was we had to follow Cinco Ocho himself, yeah, Jonathan Papapon. Oh man, yeah, which is never was, never easy. You know, I I I don't know if I've ever told you guys this, but 
I used to have, and I, I still kind of do, I have a pretty big public speaking anxiety. Like when I was in college, I would literally leave the classroom and like go sit in the bathroom because I didn't want to have to talk in front of the, uh, just in front of like 10 classmates. So I really, really was like nervous to do this uh, radio hit because it wasn't just a radio hit. There was a crowd of like hundreds of people walking through. Now they weren't all standing and staring at us. It was kind of like- But there were some. But man, when I found out that Papelbon was going on before us, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to flip. Like this is awful. We have to follow Pap of all people. And then- he does the whole radar gun thing with Rob and he tries to hit 80 and everyone's buzzing. I'm like, oh God, this is terrible. This is terrible. I also felt like crap, got no sleep the night before. So man, I I felt very, very relieved after that was over, but I had a great time. And I think we, I think yeah. we did a good job. And you know agree. what? Yes, I was about to say, we did a great job. You guys were awesome. Like Rob is very easy to do that sort of thing with because Rob is a pro's pro if I've ever seen one. Just he guides you, like he makes sure everyone gets their chance to say something, but it's organic. Like King of King, Rob makes the us best. Look good too. I like how he said uh about my my Wade Boggs thing from the winter weekend last year. He was like Sammy was overserved, which is very nice of him. It makes me sound like I didn't just go way too hard. The, you were the responsible one. The bartender was yeah, the bartender. Yeah, the bartender. Crazy. Oh. Yeah. What the hell, man? Don't give me extra booze. Nobody wants that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I had a good time. Hope you guys also had a good time. Uh, it was time. cool. We had uh, our friend Will taking pictures of us. And yeah, just surreal to be on. It's so funny. I say to Rob afterwards, I go, hey, Rob, thanks. That was like a total dream come true for me. He goes, eh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he always does that. I, I went on the radio with him, I want to say in like April or May of last year. And I said that same thing. And he gave me that same response. Like, eh. Like, yeah. Hey, it's eh. Whatever. Yeah, eh. It's just radio. It's like, whatever. Rob, like, does not take a compliment. He just goes, oh, uh, all right. <laughs> I like what uh, uh, Ed Ed put a picture of us out there before we went on. Appreciate the promotion, Ed. Yep, thanks, and Ed. he said that uh, Rob was our uh, splinter, like from, was it? Turtles. turtles like he's like <laughs> i was gonna say i did i loved a great picture appreciated the tweet didn't get the splinter thing what does that mean master like splinter the, is the rat in uh teenage mutant ninja turtles like the the mentor the sensei yeah he's like their oh, sensei it's a teen, rat he's, he's like i never a, saw it because they're all in the sewer in teenage they they live in the sewer and the rat <laughs> is like this like martial artist with like swords and he's like their leader who guides them and like teaches them the ways and um yeah he, he's, he's it's a compliment yeah. it's a big compliment to be compared to uh splinter before we uh that is that is the i cannot believe i didn't watch that as a kid that's the funniest shit i've ever seen if i were a parent that is what i'd be showing my kid gordo you i feel like you miss these pop culture references yeah you did you definitely do what's going on man okay my my life like as a kid when i watched tv it was exclusively nickelodeon and it had to be cartoon until drake and josh came around i watched drake and josh and I watched Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. Then I moved at that point. It was like Simpsons, Family Guy, South Park. Like that's outside of that and like playing video games and like playing sports like that. That pretty much is just that's how I grew up. I grew up on all that. Okay. Like I miss everyone. Everyone pulls out the one the ones you can slip by me every single time. Disney Channel references. I won't get a single one. Never watch the channel. Hannah Montana. You never watched nope. it? Nope. No right. Zach and Cody. 
What? I always I mean, get crapped on. Everyone. I was a little, I was a little too old for those shows, but my my younger sister watched it, so like I'm aware of it. You like you don't know like the plots or anything. I I have an older brother. I don't have any younger siblings. I don't have any sisters. Rocket Power. Oh, I, that was my first favorite show, Coop. Okay, because that's Nickelodeon. Yep. I wasn't sure. I I just wanted to test. That's you a great, I love. So. Otto was my favorite character, and like, hell, you are an Otto. But like, not to say you're a squid, but no, that's different. Squid, Squid's no, Squid bully. was Sam. Yeah, Sam Squid the was the glasses kid. Yeah, I'm Squid's a big, the, I thought a squid was just like a loser. No, Squid, Squid. I mean, that that's what you do. I think yes, it's an insult. But on Rocket Power, the goalie. Remember, so Sam comes. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I know. Yeah, moves yeah. there. He doesn't know how to play street hockey, but then they put him in goal, and he's amazing. And they're like, whoa. Can we can we do something where like if anyone sees us at Fenway this year and you want to come say hello, like you have to do the woogity 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 to woogity, us. Woogity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like, that's mandatory. That. Raymundo and Tito. I just want to oh, be like yeah. in conversation Tito. with friends at some point. Tito was cool. And then just like someone comes up, hey, woogity woogity woogity. Tito. Uh, I'm in the playpen. Tito's nose, <laughs> looked, uh, Tito's nose looked like a, you know. My favorite meme, my favorite meme of the NFL playoffs so far was when Tua stunk in their playoff game and someone posted a picture to attack of Iloa when he gets to the playoffs and it's literally just a picture of Tito. <laughs> I like when uh, when when Tito would like join them once in a while. He was normally like at his uh, uh, he had like a restaurant or shack or something that he worked at. But once in a while, Uncle Tito would be like, all right. I'll go surf. And it would be this fat guy. And he would just shred <laughs> like, whoa, Tito's so cool. He's like a, a DLC, an unlockable character in Rocket Power. But um, how do we get to Rocket Power? Oh, Gordo. It, it, the, it was the Splinter tweet from Ed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who's it? Otto, Reggie, Twister, Sam, Raimundo, Tito, uh, Lars. The oh, mean yeah. Was that? Yeah. The brother, Twister's brother. Lars, yeah, yeah, he was mean, but he was like sometimes nice, but mostly mean. Like when they needed him, he was nice, but Lars was mostly mean. Uh, who else? I think that's it. That's yeah, the main. Yeah. That's the main cast. That life looked fun. I enjoyed yeah. that as a kid. Pat, were you in the middle of a story, or did you tell? Oh no, I just wanted to shout out Pat real quick. Nicest guy ever. He was walking up to do radio, stopped, shook all of our hands, made a very condescending joke about Rob, which we laughed at hysterically. And then he went and did radio. Oh, very dude. nice he, guy. I, don't, I just want to throw that out there. And I think I think he was on 0. 0.0 hours of sleep, I think. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of other stuff, but. <laughs> he was yeah. definitely not drinking Crown anymore. That was. Nope. I looked in the mug. It was coffee. Yeah. Oh, it was coffee. Okay. So it was. Good for Pat. Yeah. Good for, good for Pat. I was so, I knew, I know I said this on the radio, but like, you know, I get dry eye because I have contacts and it's cold outside and I put in the eye drops and then I see Pap coming up and it looks like I had just been crying. And I was just like, oh, no, one of my favorite players ever thinks I'm crying in the middle of a radio <laughs> hit. <laughs> Spend some like, money, please. Hey, Pap, nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> and then he looked me right in the eye. I'm like, I want to be like, I drop. Oh, God, I ruined this first impression. But Rob made a good point. There's no way he remembers among the things that he re no. may, might remember from Winter Weekend. It's not that. So I think I'll get a second introduction. I'll pretend I've never met. I'll be like, oh, nice to meet you for the first time. I don't cry in public randomly, if you were wondering. 
<laughs> Good to know, Sammy. Good to know. Yes, sir. But we'll we'll translate. To, we'll transition. I should say to some enough said. Uh, why don't we start with Sammy? Sammy, let's go with you first. Cool, cool. All right. So um, I got to give a shout out to uh, Liam Skiffington, who has a website called Socks Stack. Socks Stack. Excuse me. It's a tongue twister. He came up with the. I don't even want to call it a conspiracy theory because it makes a ton of sense. He kind of just went over the timeline of how Red Sox ownership has spoken publicly and acted uh, this offseason. And let me go over it. So first, November 2nd of uh, 2023, they make the full throttle comment. That's when Tom Werner said, we're going to go full throttle this offseason. And everyone was really excited because when you come in last place, three out of four years, uh, and you're the Boston freaking Red Sox, you expect changes. So that was November 2nd. Fast forward, uh, January 16th, that is the deadline for people to renew their season tickets. And as we just discussed, the season ticket holders, those are generally the big spenders among Red Sox fans. So the people that Red Sox ownership probably cares about the most. And then the 19th winter weekend, that's when Sam Kennedy announces that payroll is being decreased, not increased as 99.99% of us expected it to be. So first, just wanted to give a shout out to Liam for that detective work. And second, like, I buy it. I totally buy it. How could you not? Like with with the way they've operated, how, like, again, how could you not buy it? It makes sense. It's a business. It's a business. It's a business decision that makes perfect business sense, and it sucks for the fans. But it, like, it makes it makes all the sense in the world. Like, you have people crying for you to be honest with people. What better time to start than after the renewal date expires? <laughs> you see, I don't think it's a good business decision because when you spit in the face of your paying customers, they're not going to want to keep paying you. So, it might have worked this year, but like, maybe some of those same people don't renew next year because you just insulted them. The way I think about it is they they did what you just said, Gordo, business decision. And then they're thinking, people aren't going to remember this in a year from now. <laughs> We're so rich. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I, I ugh, see that that all that that makes me mad. That's insulting. So if it's true, which I think it is gross, more dirt on Fenway Sports Group. Mm-hmm. Pat. Yeah, so Coop and Gordo were there for this. This is more for Sammy and the listeners. So after everything kind of wrapped up yesterday, we went out for dinner. Thank you, Rob, for buying dinner. Um, the check comes. And you can see the mental gears trying to do math in Rob's head. He must have counted the money he put down like four or five times. So he, the way- for, for backup here, Pat, he's, he was selling books all all yeah. day and people were buying them. They had the thing, but a lot of people paid in cash. So Rob had a wad of cash on him. Yeah, the baseball or uh, yeah, Rob was selling. Uh, what's the title of the book? I want to give the the title of Rob's book. A damn near perfect. A game. damn near perfect yes. game. Joe Kelly and Rob Brad. I have it right next to my bedside. Good book. Buy it. So Buy it. check whatever. So Rob, being a very nice like patron of a establishment, is just trying to check his math. So he gives a check and he goes, oh, that's over 20%? Like reassuring, like I did my math right. It was out, it was like out of your curb, your enthusiasm. The waitress goes thinking like he's stating as like matter of fact, the waitress goes, 
oh, um, well, th- thank you. And Rob goes, no, 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 I'm not bragging. I just want to check my math. And she goes, oh, uh, probably is that it's fine. And he was like, no, no, no I'm not bragging. I, I don't care how much it is. Just make sure it's over 20. And it was just like the back and forth was so funny because oh. he was being like genuine, like, oh, like I want to make sure I gave enough. And she's like, why is this guy bragging about a tip? Um, thank you. <laughs> and it was just so we were crying laughing. It was so funny. So if, if, if that were Kirby enthusiasm in like the next scene, Rob would go to like a charity event. And the woman from the restaurant would be like in charge of the charity event. And she'd be like taking donations. And he'd be like, oh, uh, okay, well, I gave her a big tip, which means I don't need to donate as much. If, if Rob were Larry David, then he'd give a small donation. And then word would spread that Larry slash Rob gave a small donation to this nonprofit. And he would get crap from some other characters and he'd be like, no, 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 but I gave her a big tip. And, and that would be the Curb episode. Yeah. That's how Curb Your Enthusiasm works. It's always like a full circle kind of thing. So uh, I'm glad mm. that didn't happen, but that is very it funny. I, so wish funny. I hate that that shows. I mean, I get it, but I ugh, I love I love that show and I love Larry David so much. Hey, the next season comes out in uh, February. The final season starts uh. in next month. I'm going to watch every episode 37 times. That is my favorite friggin' show ever. Amazing show. But... I'll do I'll do my enough said and I'll get you guys out of here. Uh, I just want it's like you think about where like a year ago we didn't have a show like we'd all just been on a couple of times with Rob and and Coop on doing who says no stuff like we'd all been on together like once or twice and we went last year to winter weekend and afterwards we did like a recap show and you know things things obviously have like escalated since then. And it's really cool to like use Winter Weekend as kind of a benchmark to see like how far like we've all come, you guys have come, and like how much of that is due to like like we we just owe Rob Bradford so much like yeah. thanks and gratitude, and like he brings us like he doesn't need to bring us on the radio, he didn't need to give us his his show like the like what he built the Podfather himself. So like we owe Rob, like we're forever indebted to Rob, but also winter weekend is like we talked about. It's a great time to meet up with people that most of the year you're just interacting with online Red Sox, Twitter personalities that like where we've become friends with and like some like hopefully you get to see them throughout the year, whether it be at Fenway Park uh, out in Worcester. Like there's opportunities to see these people, but it's it's a guarantee that you're going to see them at winter weekend. And it's great to catch up with with people that you haven't seen but it was also really cool to uh, to meet fans of the show that were out there. Like I didn't know what to expect, like how much we were we would be recognized and stuff. But there were there were a lot of people that came up to us, told us like that they're fans of us, that they love the show, that that they love the Red Sox and and love our podcast and love love just guys talking socks and we give them that sort of outlet therapy whatever how why for whatever reason you might listen to our show like like we appreciate all the listeners we appreciate all the people that came up to us and said hi so yeah just winter weekend it's a benchmark weekend it's it's a time to like think about all the people that we appreciate in this space and you know people that come up to us and tell us you guys appreciate us we appreciate you yeah that that was that was pretty cool just beating people I always feel weird saying fans of the show because like fans, I say listeners, 
it's just weird for me to say fans, but like to yeah. just be recognized, it was a weird feeling. I've never, I've never been recognized, I guess you can say. So for me personally, I kind of didn't know how to, how to react, but other than being very thankful and thanking people for listening, cause it's hard to, it's hard to know like how people feel about the show without just straight up asking. So to get feedback from people and hear that, like you said, Gordo, it's therapeutic. That's what the shows before us felt like for me personally. It was like, I get way too into this team and I get so upset when they're bad and I get so frustrated and to have, to listen to people who feel similarly is just very, it's comforting as cheesy as that sounds, but it's true. So yeah, I'm glad people feel like that about us and I hope we, we continue to serve you guys well. Yeah, that was a really cool experience. Just whether it was like we had one guy we were walking to the tap. Um, we were walk, uh, me, Gordo, and Coop were walking at the tap. And there was a guy outside with his girlfriend, I think. And as we're walking by, he just like out of the side of his mouth goes, play Tessie. And we turn and look and he was like, big fan. Like, that's the shit. Like, that's awesome. Like, that's that was so cool. And if that guy's listening, we appreciate you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, I love you're you. definitely in the playpen. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Bro, he's got keep, he pays rent in the playpen. I hope that guy's actual girlfriend listens to this and just hears. I thought he went to a winter weekend with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? He was in the playpen all along. Yeah, well, we 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 love we love those the members of the playpen. They're all members of the playpen. Love the playpen. So but on creepy. that note, no, Sammy, no. It's creepy. Welcome no. to the playpen. <laughs> Welcome to the playpen. Oh God. You, if you've made it this far, you've been in the playpen for over an hour and ten minutes. So we appreciate you. This is tummy time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can move on. But it's been episode twenty nine. The official Red Sox podcast of WEI. It's been Play Tessie for Sammy, for Pat, for Coop. It's been Gordo. Remember to subscribe wherever you're at, Spotify, Apple, Odyssey app, anything. Just hit that subscribe button, get that notification. Whenever episodes come out, you want to listen to them, we want you to listen to them. Mutual benefit, subscribe. But for Sammy, for Pat, for Coop, it's been Gordo on Play Tessie episode 29. Thanks for tuning in. Toodaloo.